As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It is the Crawford Talks, an Astros podcast brought to you by The Athletic. He is Jay Kaplan. I'm Mike Meltzer. And this is an episode that is going to run in place of our Monday podcast, which is usually our time to record and put everything out. And that's because when the ALCS begins on Sunday, it's going to put us in a weird spot to just kind of react off of game one. We figure it'd be a better service to you guys to preview the series, give our world famous predictions towards the end, which have been completely wrong so far. We'll see if we can make it three in a row with uh, this one. So that's kind of the thing behind this. Jake, how are you on this uh, weekend? Yeah, I was about to say, we're really doing this so that we can get our predictions on the record before the series yes. starts. Uh, that's, that's the, that's key. the real so reason for the Saturday us. pod. Yeah, exactly. So you can like bet on what we predict or the smart thing, which is bet against what we say with our predictions towards the end. Exactly, um, exactly. But no, it, it is weird to record on a Saturday. Uh, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're taping this Saturday afternoon. Uh, we just got finished uh, listening to Dusty Baker announce uh, his rotation for the first two games. It's Fromber Valdez in game one, Lake Lance McCullers in game two, and uh, Valdez also addressed the media briefly and George Springer. So uh, their Astros are working out down there in San Diego. Uh, I don't think I think the Rays are not working out today after playing the last five days. But um, yeah, it's quick turnaround. Game one, game one on on Sunday night. Yes. Jake, first thing, let's get to the pitching matchup. What did you think of the decision to start Framber Valdez in game one of the ALCS? I think he's their best pitcher. And if you want to maximize the innings for your best pitcher, the smart thing to do is start him as soon as you can. Um, So that made sense to me. Um, You know, I think you could argue that he's also the best bet. Well, it's easy to argue he's the best bet to pitch deep. So maybe a game two start would actually make some sense too because you could um, use your bullpen less in a game two after maybe using it more in a game one and save it, you know, rest it a little bit yeah. ahead of a game three. But ultimately, I don't think you can predict this kind of stuff. I mean, maybe McCullers goes seven and Valdez goes four, you know, and then you don't really know. So ultimately, it's probably just best to not overthink it and just start them in order of, of the best guys. Yeah, I think they made the right call. I mentioned this in the previous episode when we were kind of previewing what might happen for Sunday before we knew it was going to be the Rays. We weren't sure if it was going to be the Yankees or the Rays. Now we know. Fromber's been their best pitcher. He's been their horse. Uh, he's been consistent from the first time he came into the season uh, in relief and gave him key innings to what he's done in the postseason, which is 12 innings, allowing seven hits, striking out nine, and allowing a combined two earned runs. He was good against Oakland. He was awesome in relief You know, two, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago against Minnesota. And my thinking, Jake, was basically he, A, he's been their best pitcher, and B, I think the Astros clearly come in as underdogs against this Rays team. And I think the opportunity to bring them back, let's say in game five, possibly, or certainly game six, I think is the safer approach if I am the underdog with a better opportunity to use my best pitcher the most in a best of seven. 
Yeah, I think I think everyone's got to be on four day four game four man rotations though. I, I like I don't think there's any ambiguity about it. Like I, I think it has to be Valdez in one and five, and then maybe relief in seven. Um, and I think it has to be McCullers in two and six. You know, I, I like I don't think either team's going to go five man. Um, okay. In, in either league, I would guess. I just think like. You know, you might not play after this week, right? And you just had a short season, so the pitcher should be a little bit better equipped to go short rest than usual. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think well, I well, think it's it's. I don't know if, how much of a question it is in my mind. Well, even with that, I would again as the underdog. Like, let, let's put it this way: I think it's more likely. I don't I don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's more likely the Rays win this series in, in five or six then the Astros win it in five or six if you just kind of believe in what's happened the last two plus months I obviously don't know what's going to happen but I trust Fromber who is more of a rubber arm ish kind of pitcher going off of three days of rest than Lance McCullers another reason why I would go with Fromber in game one over Lance right but my point is Lance is probably gonna have to do it too no um, that's fair but you're yeah. yeah I get your like they might not who knows maybe they don't get to a six yeah um yeah, I, I think it makes sense, especially coming off of the order of last series, like Greinke not being able to go a game one or two. Uh, I assume three and four will be the same two guys, or Keedy and Greinke might be flipped in the order. Um, doesn't really, I guess it does matter a little bit. Do you? But, uh, I'm not sure. Well, do you have a go. sense? Yeah, that was my next thing. Do you think they're going to go with Greinke in game three or Urquidy? Do you have any sense on that right now? Hmm. I don't. I don't. Um, I think my gut would say Grenke because he's Grenke. Um, you know, I, I don't know, though. I think the Rays are so balanced. And, and if anything, lefty, more lefty than righty that, um, you know, it, it's they you, you can't really project like who's a better matchup for them because they can mix and match so much. Like they used 59 different batting orders in 60 game regular season. <laughs> like, so... Yeah. You can only imagine who they're going to start in the games against those two. Um, both obviously have the weapons for righties and lefties, but are better against lefties. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of a coin flip between those two, honestly. I, I mean, if you think back to last year, Grenke did not pitch well against the Rays, right? And Urquidy yes. got bypassed for a start against the Rays. They used Verlander on short rest instead of Urquidy. So um, neither of those things are exactly a ringing endorsement for each, either of them, but... Um, yeah, it's probably, it's probably a coin flip ultimately. Well, it it is a coin flip though. That's going to have some ramifications if the series goes seven, because you mentioned that these teams are going to have to go with four man rotations and bring guys off of three, three days of rest in games. Let's see, five, six, seven, all if necessary, you figure that if they were to start, you know, Urquidy in game three, let me, let me think about this. Uh, or Keaton game three and Granky in game four, then that might be the only time you see Granky in the ALCS. I think I'm doing that right. Yeah. Right? So that's that's yeah. the case for starting Granky in three, right? Maybe, exactly. Maybe. That, because then he lines up for seven on short rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I, I agree with you. I, I tend to think because it is Granky, and even though he did not pitch well against Minnesota, I think he gave them a better effort than some may have thought on Thursday. And so I would lean towards Granky in game three because of that reason. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that Urquidy might be better than him um, right now, but it's still Zach Granky, and it's still a rookie on the other end of it. So uh, I think when in doubt, you probably go Granky, but... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I was too surprised by by one and one or two for on the Astros side. It'll be it'll be Blake Snell on the Rays side in Game One. They haven't announced Game Two, but Charlie Morton would be on regular rest, which would be a fun matchup. Morton versus McCullers, who are good friends, and obviously, uh, yep, you know, tandemed in that Game Seven of the ALCS, um, and sort of in Game Seven of the World Series. There were some relievers in between them, but. Um, yeah, so that would be, you know, I mean, this series in general, you're going to see a lot of curveballs, you know, between yes. Glasnow, Valdez, McCullers, Mortons, some of the best curveballs in, in baseball, Nick Anderson in the in the Rays bullpen. So that's yeah, he's good. That's fun. I mean, they they have a lot of good relievers, obviously. OK, so from a from a race standpoint, we know they will go with Blake Snell 
and it looks like it's going to be Charlie Morton in Game 2. Given that Tyler Glass now pitched last night in Game 5 against the Yankees, do we know what the Rays are going to do in Game 3? No, they haven't. They haven't even announced game two yet. Um, but I would, you know, I would guess Glass now in three. Um, he didn't pitch a full start last night, and like I nope. said, you can't really save anyone right now. Like it's could be your last week of baseball, so uh, you gotta. Even if it's a short rest, you got to do it. I think. When I think about this series overall. I think the Rays have clearly been the better team over the regular season. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They won 40 games. The Astros won 29. Uh, the Astros' run differential was plus four. The Rays was plus 60. Tampa was the best team in the American League, and that has held up so far. They easily swept the Blue Jays. A tougher time with the Yankees, but that's not a surprise. One thing that you pointed out, Jake, which I had forgotten about, is if baseball did seed by record in the postseason, something we mentioned a little bit a week or two ago, this would have actually been the first-round matchup. And so that's something that the that the Astros are certainly fortunate that they that they have to wait until the ALCS to face the team that's been the best team in the league. Yeah, not yeah, and it's not to say that they like um, didn't face good teams in the first two rounds. They faced teams that also had better regular seasons than them. But this Rays team is, I think, the clear best team in the AL. Um, they won what two thirds of their game in the regular season, forty and twenty, yep. I think. Um, and they, they, I, I think I said this in the last show that they, the Astros, should want the Yankees because the Rays are. I really think the Rays are that good. Um, but it's going to be a really, a really interesting series. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, five and dives by starters and a lot of bullpen action from both teams. And uh, especially on the Rays side, which, you know, that's kind of their style, right, is is, is uh, mixing and matching with the bullpen. And I think they even did a bullpen game or two in that ALDS last year, right, against the Astros. And um, the Astros yep. had, t- had trouble hitting their relievers. Um, so... It's gonna be it's gonna be another I think well pitched series. I I don't want to say it's gonna be low scoring or high scoring. I think it's gonna be kind of somewhere in the middle, um, medium scoring. But I think we're gonna see we're think, see a lot of well, a lot of uh, a lot of like nasty stuff from pitchers. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be what we saw in the ALDS against the A's. Put it that way. It's gonna be in San Diego. It's not it's gonna it's not gonna be at Dodger Stadium in the middle of the day, which became like Coors Field, as you have mentioned and, and written about. So I, I would think this would be much more of a medium scoring series and uh yeah, I don't think the ball is gonna be flying out of the ballpark like it was last week. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Rays pitching is is the A's pitching is really good, but I think the Rays are deeper. I think like they have yes. they have these guys coming out of the bullpen you've never heard of. They're just like throwing ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And I just want to spend a moment just talking about the Rays organization because this has to be one of the one of the best run teams in Major League Baseball. And now the Astros have a GM who came from Tampa, obviously, and James Click. But it's not as though this is a team that's been, you know, I remember the team that went to the World Series and lost to the Phillies 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was. And that was a team that over time had been so bad and was consistently finishing in last place in the ALE. So they kept drafting, you know, drafting in the top five, top three, getting guys like Carl Crawford and and a bunch of others, Longoria, to where eventually they built it up and they had such a treasure trove of, of young players. This one has been built in like a truly unique way between the bullpen, the amounts of, I'll say, annoying hitters they have who like really work the count and make it tough. Uh, the fact they've been able to cobble together, you know, three really good starting pitchers. The Morton signing was an excellent one. And just doing things like that Chris Archer trade, you know, for Glasnow, Austin Meadows, et cetera, that has been a big part of their success the last two years. This is just based on resources and revenue. This this Rays team has to be one of the top five or seven organizations in Major League Baseball, I'd say. Yeah, I think I think top three or five i think like how they built their pitching staff is fascinating like really their whole roster but like they just find these guys who you've never heard of like nick anderson i think he was in the marlins in 2019 and they (laughs) trade him traded it's like kind of what the astros always tried and hoped to do like find the untapped guy which which they were successful in sometimes um other you know in the case of joe biagini not so much um but yes you know, Nick Anderson, the guy in the Marlins, the same deadline that they Astros traded for G- Joe Biagini, the, the Rays got this guy Anderson, and he's incredible. 
Um, Peter Fairbanks, you know, who I think they got from the Rangers. They traded Nick Solak, that that guy who That's plays right. all over the field for the Rangers, who's actually pretty good. So it was kind of like a good trade for both sides, maybe. But um, Ryan Thompson, who was on the Astros, he he was the Astros' twenty third round pick in twenty fourteen. He had he blew out, had Tommy John. Um, in 2018, he's rehabbing, and the Rays take him in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. Uh, and then he, they turn him into this, you know, like opener against the Yankees in the ALCS. Like, they just find these guys. I think Diego Castillo, who's who's one of their late-inning guys, signed when he was 20. Like, they're just really, really good at, at this. They're kind of like... They're, they do a lot of the same things that the Jeff Luno Astros did in terms of like finding pitchers, but I think they're even better at it and get less attention for it. Yes, the the Ryan Yarboroughs of the world to add another to the list of names that you mentioned. It, it's just it, it's fascinating to see that they that it's such a well run organization in a place that hasn't really seemed to care, especially from uh, an attendance standpoint. So I, I think it's clear that Tampa goes in as the favorites in this series between their starting pitching. Uh, their bullpen, and just how well-rounded their lineup is. And one of the things that I wonder about, Jake, going into this series is, can the Astros' offense keep it up? Uh, They haven't played the Rays this season, obviously, with the way the schedule worked. Um, I look back at the 2019 ALDS. I don't know if this matters or doesn't matter. Altuve had a great series. Bregman had a great series. Gurriel was pretty good. Otherwise, not great production from Springer, Brantley until Game 5, and then Correa. That was obviously a series that... I think everyone expected the Astros to win, and the Rays made it uh, really, really close and made the Astros pitch Garrett Cole in that game five. Um, And my overall takeaway from that series was, man, this Rays team is a lot better than I thought it was coming in. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I think, I mean, no, the Astros won't hit as well as they did last series, but that's like not exactly going out on a limb when they hit everything out. Um, (laughs) Like they had 17.4% of their regular season home run total in those four games. Like it was insane. So they're not going to do that again. But um, yeah, this Rays team, you think back to that ALDS last year, um, you know, the, the relievers especially gave the Astros hitters trouble as they give all of major league hitters trouble. So I think it's it's uh, they're they're not going to have as, get as many pitches to hit as they got last series. Um, you know, I think they do seem to have Blake Snell's number a little bit. You know, small sample, but they they their their best hitters seem to hit him. Um, so game one, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros took that because Valdez has been so good, and and I think the Astros could hit Snell, but um, over a seven games in seven days the team with the deepest bullpen or the deepest pitching staff is going to be favored right and well i think the astros bullpen might be might be exposed this week and that's what i wonder about the whole dynamic of playing theoretically seven days in a row so on initial thought my take would be this is not going to help the astros because they don't have a great bullpen to begin with. They have a limited number of guys that Dusty Baker trusts. And yet, on the other hand, I wonder if the Astros hitters can rack up decent pitch counts against Snell, uh, against Morton, and against Tyler Glasnow. If they're able to get to some of those relievers, like how, how often can Tampa go to the well again? Let me put it this way. 
Tampa played the last five days in a row, obviously. Let's say they were playing in a game six, and let's say they were playing against the Astros and it was an elimination game. Based on how much they've used their relievers the last four to five days, how much would that hurt them compared to the Astros? I think it hurts them less because they have more dudes. Like, they have guys who are like their ninth reliever who would be Dusty's fourth. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, I think... I think their depth is why. And they're going to add a pitcher, it sounds like, to their roster, too. Who knows? It'll probably be some other guy who throws 99. And, um, yeah, they just have so many guys um, that, yeah, I, I, a new guy's going to come in and we're going to be like, who is that? But he's going to be like a yes. left-handed side armor who throws really hard. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I don't. I really don't know how they do this. And um, their offense is not as, as intimidating uh, as their pitching staff, but it is like you look at their offense, their OPS leader was like nine, Brandon Lau at 916, and then the next best was Yandy Diaz at 814. So, like, they had less, you know, they don't have like a superstar hitter, but collectively they had a better offense than the Astros in the regular season. And this Randy Rosarina guy, it seems, yeah, well, seems like he won't, <laughs> he won't get out. So, I know I'm jumping well, all over the place a little bit here, but, um, no, that's, I think, that's okay. I think, I think a I seven. Too. I think the seven games in seven days hurts the Astros more because of their lack of bullpen depth. I think you're probably right. I, I do wonder what happens if, the, you know, because the Rays have a deep bullpen. I'm not going to not deny that with Anderson, with Castillo, Yarborough, all those types. I do wonder what happens if they start to have to use some of those guys early and the Astros are able to succeed and, and win some games, even like then Kevin Cash, their manager, is faced with a situation where he might not be able to go to, to a Diego Castillo at points or a Nick Anderson or a Peter Fair, Fairbanks. One thing I want to mention, and you mentioned that the Rays are going to add a pitcher to the ALCS roster. I know Dusty Baker announced the same thing. Who do you think is going to be taken He's, off the AL? Go he, ahead. He said probably, which we have to, we have to account for because he said <laughs> yeah. Anoli Paredes was... was probably not going to be available in game yeah. two and then he or game whatever game that was last week game four i don't remember he says things sometimes that don't uh come true happen yeah so yeah. okay so <laughs> we'll see let's say <laughs> let's say the astros add a pitcher and remove a position player who do you think they would remove and who do you think they would add to the bullpen I think you add CNL Perez because he's lefty and has a lefty and has good stuff, and the Agreed. and the Rays have a lot of lefties. Um, and I think you take off Chaz McCormick because he's hasn't gotten in now. So what you know that would suggest that you don't really need him that desperately. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at the player pool of pitchers here, and uh, I mean the only guys I can really think of that would be <laughs> competing for this extra spot would be Brandon Belak. Brandon oh, I forgot Bailey. him on my list. Crap. I uh, I tweeted out a list and I forgot Belak. Oops. That's okay. I'm, I'm just... Uh, well, well it, Umberto Castellanos can always <laughs> make a case, <laughs> especially when you get to this depth of the bullpen. Uh, but I do think in all seriousness that uh, CNL Perez makes sense. He's always one of these guys who I have no concept of what's going to happen when he comes in, in that he could strike three guys out in a row or give up four earned runs and be able and get hard hit all over the place, which probably is the right kind of guy to bring in as like the 28th man on a postseason roster, considering the Rays have a lot of lefties in the lineup or can. Yeah, I was thinking, though, Umberto Castellanos, you know, Dusty loves him. Yep. We know that he throws a lot of different pitches. Yeah, He's never seen the Rays hitters. Who knows? It's possible. And we should also note that Joe Biagini is now a free agent. He is. Yes, he opted not to come back to the <laughs> to the organization. Uh, one thing I did want to ask about this is as far as the ALDS looking backwards and now applying our lessons learned forward to the Rays, you always find out what an organization thinks by what they do and not what they say. Dusty Baker's trust in the bullpen. I'm wondering what we've learned so far in the postseason. It's clear to me, Jake, that he has a core group of guys who he trusts or he has to. Obviously, you know, Presley being the closer, Anoli, who's pitched very well, um, Blake Taylor, who I think did a solid job, Christian Javier, and Brooks Raley. That, to me, is really the extent of the trust factor in the postseason. Agree or disagree? Yeah, although, like, Andre Scrub kind of, like, snuck in there a little bit at the end, didn't he? He did. I think he he could be he could be entering a minor trust zone based on how he looked in at the end of game three. Yeah, but I agree with you for the most part. And I don't 
I mean, like, Rayleigh didn't pitch well. Presley didn't pitch well. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I think this might be the series where their bullpen, you know, it's kind of go time, right? Like, yes. Well, I want to make one point about that. I want to talk for a moment, Jake, about Ryan Presley, because I've always liked Ryan Presley ever since they added him a couple of years ago. And especially like the first half of 2019, he was unbelievable. If Ryan Presley keeps pitching like this, he is going to blow a big save in the ALCS. Uh, I don't think he was great in game two against the A's uh, when a couple of guys got on base. I don't think he was very good in game four, although I guess maybe he pitches it differently if they're not up by seven runs. Maybe he wants to challenge guys more and just see if he can get some outs. I guess that's possible. I don't think Presley's been awful as a closer, but he's been spotty enough combined with him not being able to seal the door when they were on the verge of clinching a playoff spot a couple of weeks ago, one strike away to Ronald Guzman, bam, fly ball to right field. Ryan Presley needs to pitch better. Uh, if the Astros are going to win the ALCS and win four games against a better team in Tampa, Ryan Presley needs to pitch better because if he, if he keeps pitching like this, you can mark this down. We'll be talking about this next you know, Wednesday night or Thursday morning. That will come back to haunt them. That is my early prediction on this series. Yeah, I do think a lot of these games are going to be close, right? Like, mm -hmm. these teams are, are both going to pitch well um, for the most part and hit well for the most part. And I think it's it's going to be competitive throughout, just like last year's ALDS. I don't think any of those games were, were blowouts, were they? Maybe the Granky game that the, the Rays won? Yeah, just game three. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really about it. Um, so I would expect more of the same, and it's going to come down to who executes in the late innings. And I agree with you completely. Presley, I mean, if that... A's game had been closer. I mean, he might have blown that game. So, um, yeah, he hasn't looked particularly sharp. Uh, he's been very inconsistent throughout the season. One advantage, I don't know if this is an advantage, but I think for for the fact going into Tampa is the better team when you look at the regular season, the roster, how well-rounded they are. The Astros should probably feel decent that this does not seem like the kind of baseball team that's going to like run away and hide. Like they're not going to just bash you all over the place like the Yankees could when they're going well or the Dodgers have been doing to everybody the last couple of months. So I do think that might be a good thing going into this series. Yeah, they don't have the uh, superstar lineup. Although, I mean, they hit last year in some of those big spots that that you wouldn't expect, you know, like Tommy Pham or would come up with yes. a big head. It seemed like, but this is a different, I feel like Pham was a killer. Yeah. Last he was year, tough yeah. in that series for the Astros. I, I, this, that's another thing is their lineup changes every year. Um, like, I don't think Mike Brasso was around. I think he was on, he played last year on the race, but I don't think he was a factor in that postseason series. Um, you know, they have, I mean, it's a, they have Manny Margot a, now they have, yeah, they're just different. Uh, Randy Arroz, I'm gonna screw up his name every time this week. Randy Arozarena, <laughs> who was another like super creative trade where he played a little bit for the Cardinals, and then like they Rays packaged one of their best prospects, who was a recent first rounder, to, to go get this this guy and Jose Martinez, who's I guess not playing for them anymore. But like they just do really creative stuff like that, and they're willing to take chances and trade prospects to get you know Randy Arozarena, who's unstoppable now apparently yes who's on fire yeah my, my thought when i was looking earlier today at i was kind of going back through their numbers in the postseason regular season and one thing that stood out to me like uh, kevin kiermeyer always feels more dangerous than his stats reflect especially if he gets on base um you know g-man Choi. i was reading one of the articles in the athletic uh that was kind of previewing from a scout standpoint, what they predict in this series. And they predict that the Rays won. And they talked about how G-Man Choi is like the rock in the heart of their lineup, which I, I, I understand he's their first baseman. Then you look, it's like his season, his slash line was 230, 331, 4-10. And the guys who were much better in the regular season were Brandon Lau, you know, Willie Adamas, uh, Joey Wendell, guys like that. Yeah, Willie Adamas is sneaky too. He had two homers in that ALDS last year, didn't he? Um, yes. Yeah, they had Eric Sogard last year. He was another one of those just random guys. I think he homered off Cole. What a what a fascinating organization. Like I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just they don't know. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how many organizations in sports are, are really built like this. Uh, you, you, like NBA, NFL, like it, it's, and, and I think in some of those other sports, like it's really hard to do it the way the Rays are doing it. Um, like they're doing like their own version of Moneyball. It's just, it, it's just bizarre and a full credit to them the way they've had this kind of success against organizations with far superior resources. Yeah. I'm looking back at last year's series, kind of to your earlier question about like pitching guys, how many games can the relievers actually pitch in back to back to back? Colin Poche, who I I don't think is is around right now, I think he's hurt, pitched in all five games of those is that series. And good point. um, No one else pitched more than three, but I think I think uh, I think they're workhorses. These guys, I think I think they're all going to pitch a lot. And what, one thing about that series, I, I know Garrett Cole was just sensational in the pivotal game five. I mean, he struck out 10 over eight, just a just an unbelievable pitching performance. But if not for the Astros uh, getting the tip pitches off of glass right. now uh, in the first inning, like that could have been a lot of people real nervous for a long time on a Thursday night at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, that was the game. What, was it a four run inning? Like, yeah, four run inning. Yes. And it was clearly glass now tipping his pitches. 100%. Yeah, I, me- I remember you had like major le- former major leaguers on Twitter like who saw it like right away and could yep. tell. And Glasnow's, I guess, kind of was known for that at, at various points. But um, yeah, it's it was a really tight. It was like th- that was a tighter series than their ALCS, right? Uh, last year, yeah, yeah, I think uh, objectively yes, because it it that one obviously against the Rays went to an elimination game. The one against the Yankees didn't, and it, it really kind of I thought it kind of turned in that game three, which is an kind of obvious analysis. But they hammered Granky, then the Astros. I don't think panic. I think they they did the exact right thing in starting Verlander, seeing if they could squash the series rally early, knowing they had Cole in game five, and it turned and it turned out that it worked out for them. But yeah, that was it went from a team that got up to a great start in the postseason to oh God, we could be eliminated, you know, tonight in game five. In that game four, they faced six different Rays pitchers. Remember that? And they scored one run. Um Yes. So I think and Verlander was not great. Verlander gave up four runs in three and two thirds, and then Urquidy actually pitched a few uh, five outs in relief. Um, here's here's a question I have, Jake. Uh, this is something I like to do sometimes: previewing a series or a game. If the Astros win the ALCS, what are we going to be saying in a week? What has happened if they win the series? Because here's my thought. I think the way the Astros win this series is they they obviously need some of the offense that they had against Oakland. You mentioned it earlier. They're not going to bash the baseball the way they did against Oakland. That's statistically almost impossible. If they win this series, it is going to be on the backs of their starting pitchers. Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers, Zach Greinke, Jose Urquidy. If those guys pitch like minus Fromber, like they did against the A's, that's not going to be good enough to beat Tampa. They need those guys to outduel Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and Tyler Glasnow and anybody else that the Rays throw out as an opener slash reliever. I think the Astros, if they have a if they have an advantage in let's say innings one through six, possibly seven, that's probably a stretch in the postseason. That to me is the formula by which they win this series. Yeah. I, I agree with you, but I don't see their starters besides Valdez pitching deep. Like, I mean, they could pitch better and not pitch deep. They could go five scoreless, right? Um, and the offense, you know, maybe gives them an early run support. But um, I think the two times through the order thing, maybe a few batters into the third time is probably what you're going to see again with most of these guys because it's it's what you're it's what the yeah. numbers suggest you're supposed to do. Um, and with Valdez, he's kind of the anomaly because he just gets better as he goes. And even if you know his curveball is coming, it's really hard to hit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't – I think I, well, I, I actually me, think about it a little bit differently with the bullpen. I think, like, if okay. they have won, Anoli Paredes continued to be dominant. Blake Taylor continued to be steady. Ryan Presley righted the ship. Like, I actually think about it kind of in the, in the, in the reverse. Okay, so you think that if the if the Astros win the ALCS, it's it's more likely to be their bullpen standing up against the Rays bullpen slash maybe being a little bit better as opposed to the starting pitchers. Yeah, I think it's it's probably un unrealistic to think they'll be better than the Rays bullpen, but um, 
they have to be like if they get a lead, they have to hold it, right? They have to agree. Yeah, yes. like and I think yes. I think the Astros lineup is a better like the Astros lineup is better than the Rays lineup right now. So agreed, they could score early off of a starter and hand the game over in the sixth inning to the bullpen. That's still six, seven, eight, nine for the bullpen to cover, and that's a big ask for them given their you know the construction of their bullpen. So I think that's where I see it. Like those guys have to hold leads. If they don't, um, that could be the series. We haven't spent much time at all talking about the lineup and the offense for the Astros, which is really on me. And I guess what I'm wondering going into this series is, I mean, I'm going to have the same expectations, Jake, that I always do for Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, George Springer. My, My question heading in is, is Altuve back or at least much closer to the player that he has been his whole career? Is Carlos Correa going to continue to hit with maybe not as much, but similar power? Can they find a way to get Yuli turned around? How is Kyle Tucker going to do facing the inevitable lefties? I know he's been good in that area, but it's a little bit different when you're facing some of those lefties. Um, that, that's really my curiosity. Like Spring, uh, Springer, Brantley, and Bregman to me are in one category. I, I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Altuve, Correa, and especially Yuli, just based on the way the last two and a half months have gone, and especially the last week has gone. Yeah, I don't know what to expect either. That was kind of my story on um, Friday, whatever day that was. Yes, I read it. I I don't really know what to expect with any of them. Like, I don't know. Uh, it 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 wouldn't shock me any outcome with like who has a good series, who has a bad series. Um, it's you know when they have six guys who are all hot, I think that bodes well for them, but. You know, you can go from hot to not pretty quickly also. Um, yes. And so I and I do think the Rays will pitch better than the A's did. And it's a tougher task uh, in a more pitcher-friendly ballpark than the Little League park they just played in. But, um, yeah, I, I also, like, the Astros have really good hitters. So, like, if George Springer has three home runs in this series, it wouldn't shock me either. I'm, I'm trying to think of who... Who really stood out? Not and you know, not that last year's ALDS is going to tell us who's going to play well in this series. But Altuve um, had a great series. Bregman was good. Okay, yeah. I mean, I it's. I mean, I, I just I don't know how much that that matters. I mean, Altuve, you know, has been largely a, a super productive you know postseason player, but we're dealing with a different dynamic this year for a number of reasons. Yeah, he had three homers while in that five games. Um, Alvarez was bad, right? That was when he was like, no, no, he was yeah. okay. he was okay. he was getting singles and doubles. He wasn't homering and he was striking out more. Um, yeah. Guriel was okay. Guriel was okay. It was pretty good. Yeah, I think I don't know how much that matters, so I should probably stop wasting time looking at it. But I think <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect. Honestly, I don't. I think uh, this team's going to match up with them with the righties and the lefties and and throw a lot of breaking balls and hard fastballs and it's it's. Uh, it's going to be a big challenge for for the Astros hitters. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an inner an inter inner inter episode tease coming up in a few minutes. Our predictions, the ones that have been dead wrong so far in the postseason, from both Jake and myself, we will make our predictions for the American League Championship Series between the Astros and the Rays. But before that, Jake, I have two things I want to discuss with you. Number one, I looked at fan graphs on Saturday afternoon, and we have updated World Series predictions. So this is on a percentage standpoint. Obviously, only four teams are left. Yeah. Uh, the Rays, the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Braves. So as you would expect, the Dodgers have the best chance to win. What percent do you think Fangraphs gives the Dodgers to win the World Series right now? So there's four teams left. Yep. And none of the ALS, the CSs have started yet. Um, hmm. 34%? Not bad. Actually, 41.1. That was pretty bad. So that's no, I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I I might have gone lower just because baseball is so random, but it really shows you just how dominant the Dodgers have been uh, to have that kind of number in a randomized postseason. So that's number one. Uh, Take a guess who has the second best odds to win the World Series. I feel like you're you're saying that because it's the Astros. You kind of it's not. actually. it's not the Astros. Then it's the Rays. It's not the Rays. Well, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. 
<laughs> they have the Braves at 22.2% to win the World Series. So Dodgers 41.1, Braves 22.2. And then Astros third? Astros third. You got that. So they're at 19.1, and they actually have the Rays fourth at 17.6. I bring this up because if you had asked me to rank them, I would have gone Dodgers one, uh, Rays two, Astros three, Braves four. That's how I would have done it personally, with far fewer analytics, to say the least, than Fangraphs has. Yeah, I agree with your your order. Um, it's, uh, I mean, like, it's the best team in the NL and the best team in the AL. They should have the best odds, you would think, but... You would think, yeah. But I don't know how that now stuff... They, I mean, there was, like, stretches last year in 2019 when the Astros had, like, absurd odds to win the World Series in the regular season. And it's... it's yeah. I don't, sometimes I have a hard time figuring out how they... I mean, I trust their numbers, but sometimes I'm like, huh, that's interesting. They've actually liked this Astros team, I think, most of the way through. Like, even when you and I were talking twice a week on this podcast, like, even when they were struggling, they still had the Astros with, like, surprisingly good odds to both make the playoffs and actually make a run into the postseason, um, which I guess has actually panned out. So we shall see. They've got the Astros right now at 51.2%, so more likely to win the series, which is which is interesting because uh, I got some, you know, I think like one of these betting sites that sends me stuff every week uh, a couple days ago, October 9th, before we knew it was going to be the Rays, they had the series odds on Astros, Yankees and Astros Rays. And they had the Rays favored. You would have to, you know, wager 165 to 100. The Astros were plus 145. Um, so the fan thing is surprising in context of, I think the Rays are going to be the betting favorite in Vegas in this series. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, they like I said, they had they won two thirds of their games, and more than that since then, right? Or how many have they won? They've won. They went forty and twenty, and then they're and then five and two. Five and two. So you do the math. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of uh, not a lot, a little bit of uh, this like narrative of the Astro, you know, like how like contact rate is a great indicator for success in the playoffs, and that's. Hmm why the Astros are like always going to be a good pick to, to make a run because they seemingly always the last three, four years have a high contact rate, which I don't know. I feel like it's still a, in a short series. Like, I don't know if anything's a good indicator, but um, I thought, I think that's interesting. I think that is interesting. I, I think it's hard to point to one stat because there are so many reasons why they've advanced in the playoffs the last couple of years that it's hard to boil it down to one. Um, I, I can definitely buy it as a, quote-unquote significant factor the other thing i want to get your take on because this is something i always hate i understand that we've moved to an era for some reason professional sports where like the the leagues never want their playoff games competing against each other but i hate having games as big as championship series games ever played in the afternoon this drove me insane with the yankees and the astros in 17 and 19 like having huge games played in the middle of the afternoon at yankee stadium or Minute Maid park and we're going to see this monday when it's Houston, Tampa, again, the series is in San Diego at 3.07 Central Time. Uh, I, I just hate it. To me, like the when you get to this level, I want night games. I don't care if they're competing with the Dodgers and the Braves because I also feel like, listen, I, I understand it's money. Everything comes back to money and they want to, you know, separate the audience but i feel like baseball is such a regionalized sport that like i don't know the people like if houston was not in the postseason the city of houston is probably not watching the alcs or the nlcs and i just i hate day baseball games when it comes to the lcs series it drives me nuts are you done <laughs> i'm done yes i feel like you're gonna disagree because you're a writer I'm, and you want to you want to get to sleep a little earlier yeah I, i'm an old man i need to go to bed <laughs> Um, yes no i like the day games for me personally i understand why fans don't like them for sure i mean back in the the old days when i was a fan i didn't like them either i remember uh running back to my dorm room in college after an exam to catch some of the phillies game yes. um like it was like a, a weird time game so yeah it was uh i get it but um you know i also get why like Dodgers are getting prime time over over uh, Rays Astros. Like I think if it was Yankees Astros, you might see I think more of right. a push for the prime time game. But we also haven't seen the times after Game Two on Monday, so I'm expecting day games. But they haven't officially, as we're recording, announced that. So 
Um, yeah. So we'll. I get it from. For, I get out. it for fans though. I mean, like you're working. You you don't. It's hard to get off work and watch baseball. Um, so yes. I wish there was a better and, way to do and, it. And the other thing is that because there's no break, uh, you're not gonna have a situation where it's like, hey. The Dodgers Braves series has the day off, so you got the primetime slot. Like, no, you could be in a situation where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're playing at 307 or 407 every single day. That's the other component with this weird schedule in the baseball postseason. Yeah, that is weird. I was I forgot about that when I was thinking about it when they announced the first two games. I was like, Oh, so they'll go alternate day game, night game every day when the Dodgers aren't playing. Exactly. And I was yeah. like, Oh, no, <laughs> it's not like that this year. So it's a it's a unique thing this year, but uh, I get it. I mean, from, as a writer who likes to sleep and, um, you know, also like it's kind of nice to like have something to do earlier in the day for for a writer. I think uh, Fair. rather than to wait all day for your for your job to kind of like your your big priority of your job that day to begin. Um, but yeah, from a fan perspective, it's 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 not great to have. Uh, you know, miss the first, what, four or five innings because you're not off work yet. All right, here we go. This is the moment you have all been waiting for. Jake and I have been completely dead wrong in the, let's see, in the first series, the wild card series against the Twins. We were both incorrect in our predictions for the Astros against the A's, and now we see what happens in the ALCS. Jake, can I add a wrinkle? I can will, I add a wrinkle to it? Absolutely. Because this is the first series where they add MVPs, I want to hear your projection okay. for ALCS MVP in addition to your pick. And also, let's recap okay, that's a Let's good recap one. our previous round picks. Were we the same in, in each round? I think we might have been the same. I had the Twins winning in three. I had, <laughs> yeah, I had the lamest picks. I had the Twins winning in three, the, a, the A's winning in five. That's what I had too, yeah. So we were both off by a fair amount. Although I'd argue that that A's, we were. A's series was like kind of closer than the four game box scores might suggest. But we were still wrong. Yeah, we were. It happens. All right. So be, all right. So you've thrown the wrinkle of the MVP. I'm going to take a minute to think about it a little bit. So let me see the floor to you. Well, let's go with your prediction on the ALCS first. Okay. Uh, I have the Tampa Bay Rays winning in six games. I think uh, before you listeners start to call me just like an Astros hater who's just doing this as a bit. And picking against them, <laughs> uh, I was actually going to pick Astros in seven if it was the Yankees. Um, I, I, like I said on, in the and last I, can, episode. I can verify that based on our group text between Jake, uh, myself, and our and our producer Mike Zimmerman. Because when we were discussing possible matchups during Game Five on Friday nights, Jake did say that the Astros would have the edge against the Yankees. Yeah. So I will back you up Thank on you. that. So uh, it's not. I'm simply picking what I think you know is going to happen. And yeah, I just think the Rays are the best team in the AL, and um, they have they seem to have a really good thing going on right now. And their pitching is just nasty, like just top to bottom. Like they just throw a bunch of arms at you that are really good. You saw it in the ALDS in 2019. That was a really tight series that the Astros were, were taken to the brink in. And this is a worse Astros team than that than that Astros team. That Astros team had Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. Um, starting four of the five games, right? So I just yep. think this Rays team is is like is better, and I think uh, in a seven day in a row scenario, it's going to only help the Rays. I think if there was off days, I might pick differently, but there's not. So um, Rays in six. Rays in six. Who's your MVP? Willie Adamas. I have no idea why. I just felt like picking him. All right, here's my prediction. I'm going to also go Raisin 6, and I, I had no idea Jake was going to go Raisin 6. I, I just, the Astros have had kind of a ma magic, magic, you know, carpet ride to the ALCS. Granted, due to what they have done. I mean, they outplayed Minnesota. They outplayed the A's. Um, I think they've gotten certain breaks between um, Polanco's error in the, you know, ninth inning of game one in the first game, Marcus Simeon in the sixth inning of game one in the ALDS, but they have taken advantage of the breaks they've gotten. They've played very good defense themselves. They've pitched well enough. Uh, they were dominant hitting the baseball in the ALDS. So they, they deserve to be here as much as anyone can deserve it. Uh, I just think 
in a best of seven, you increase the sample size. I think Tampa was better over the 60 games. They've performed well. I think they beat a better team than the Astros did in the division series. I think the Yankees are a little bit better than the A's when they're healthy, um, which wasn't much during the regular season. And I just ultimately think this. Uh, if the Rays were a little bit shakier in their starting pitching, and it was a spot where like they just had to rely tremendously on the bullpen, I could see where that would fall apart. I think the combination of Snell, Morton, and Glass now plus the bullpen and all those options they have, uh, the annoying nature of the Rays lineup and how well they're built, I don't think the Astros are going to hit as well. And I think over a best of seven, the Rays will be able to get deeper into the Astros bullpen. I don't fully trust Ryan Presley. I think we'll see. I think we'll see some holes start to develop in like the Brooks Raley, uh, Josh James portion of Didn't the we bullpen, see which that? I think. We'll, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think we've already seen that, and we will probably see a little bit more of that. Uh, so I'm going to go Rays in six. I I, I I was debating between Rays in six, Rays in seven, and based on Jake saying last week that it's it's the it's the more conservative prediction to go with the longer you know series. I'm going to go Rays in six. I'm going to say Blake Snell, like Strasburg last year, is going to be the MVP. Uh, I think that the starting pitching is going to be critical for the Rays to win this series. Uh, even though Snell has not been great against uh, the Astros, he will. Face them in game one, so he'll probably face them in game four or five. So you'll see him a couple times. And I think Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young Award last season, will win the MVP award of the American League Championship Series. Do you think it's easier for a pitcher or a hitter to win MVP in one of these series? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to because, and this wasn't discussed last year much. I actually thought Anthony Rendon had a better case for MVP than people seem to be discussing. Now, I like I get why Strasburg won. He was brilliant and he saved the Nationals behind it in Game Six. I get that, but like if Rendon doesn't doesn't homer off Granky in Game Seven, I think the Astros would have won the World Series. And Rendon was just a killer in that series. You just said behind. I think we're allowed to say ass on here. Um, I think we probably yeah. are. Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, who so was the, who I, I was the Astros ALCS MVP last year? Altuve because of the home run. Uh, I believe he was. Yes, I need to double check that, but I think it yeah. was. And those are always fun to project. I think I don't know. I thought it was an added a fun added wrinkle to this this week's, and we'll probably both be wrong on it. Also, we probably will be, which would make it a trifecta. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we will uh, we'll wrap it up there, Jake. Real quick, so there's a there's a deal that people can sign up right for uh, for the athletic based on the podcast link, right? Yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, support us through theathletic.com. Um, if you're not a subscriber already, which which hopefully you are, but if you're not, theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks has a one dollar per month deal. That's again theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks, the name of this podcast without the word the for a $1 per month deal. And also rate and review us on Apple. And uh, if you listen on Apple, I know a lot of people listen on, on Spotify or other places, but if you listen on Apple, rate and review us there. Thank you very much. There's Jake. So quick programming note. So we're going to be back later in the week. Um, we're probably going to, I'm guessing we might record on Wednesday night after what would be, let's see, game four of this series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep in either direction. So it's going to, I think, probably be the same kind of uh, schedule as far as us releasing the next episode uh, on Thursday morning. So I hope you guys have a good time uh, watching this series. It's always uh, exciting to watch uh, an American League Championship Series. And we'll be, we'll be back on Thursday with all of our thoughts from what we see over the next four days. Thank you for tuning in. It has been the latest edition of the Crawford Talks, an Astros podcast brought to you by The Athletic.